0: You know, I I work with several men who, rightly so, their belief was, if I work my recovery program, um, then my wife and I will be able to reconcile and this will be good for our marriage. They've been in recovery for a while and their wife really isn't moving back towards the relationship. And they are struggling to find the energy to commit to the recovery because they're not getting the outcome that they desired. And so sometimes, What's really motivating us to do recovery can only be exposed when what we thought was going to happen doesn't happen. And now we have to recalibrate.
1: happy to be back with you today. And we, uh, Greg, we turned to our own team to pluck an all-star from the staff of (laughs) Faithful and True. Look at that beaming smile. We have Susie Smith from the Faithful and True uh, team with us today. And uh, following last Uh, This month's newsletter, Susie did us a huge favor and she wrote the feature article that hopefully a number of you have had the chance to read. It's called The Three-Legged Stool. Welcome back to the podcast. Great to have you with us.
2: Thank you.
0: And great to have our host, Dr. Greg Miller. It's good to be here. And as Randy said, we're going to be talking about kind of a foundational principle that we have here at Faithful and True. Um, And that is this idea of the three-legged stool. So Susie, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of briefly describing what that is and what we're referring to when we talk about it.
2: Yeah, I think Mark and Debbie started talking about that in the early days. Um, That is just the three parts of recovery, help for uh, a husband, help for a wife, and help for the marriage relationship, Mm -hmm. all three of those parts.
0: And I would say from my own experience that each of those parts, what's interesting is they are somewhat independent And yet they really do function together. And I think the image of a three-legged stool is brilliant because what's true is if one of those legs is missing or not stable, it affects the effectiveness of the stool and each of them work independently. So what we're going to be doing today is just kind of talking about each of those three pieces and this idea that the husband, and in our case, that Faithful and True The husband is the one struggling with the addiction. Correct. So he's going to be working on his journey and his recovery. And then we're going to be encouraging the wife to get the support that she needs for her journey and her recovery. Mm -hmm. Um, And then we also recognize that they're going to need support as a couple just to try to navigate the chaos that's been created. Um, As we begin, I would say that um, maybe a, a, a response that a lot of women have is why do I need recovery? Um, This is my husband's issue. I'm not responsible for it. It's not my business. And so if a wife were to come to you and say, why do I need to work on my own recovery when this is really his issue, how would you want to respond to that?
2: Yeah, I rob actually a statement that Beth makes. Um, (laughs) Regardless of what your husband has done, you will have your work to do as well, which is grieving the losses of What's not true, at least currently in Mm -hmm. the relationship, it's um, doing just a lot of uh, reckoning with the chaos that's created in in our own world uh, with the disclosure and finding safe community, um, just doing the things that make us feel kind of (laughs) sane again, Mm -hmm. right?
0: And I think what's important is... um, We are very clear at Faithful and True that we do not believe that in any way the wife is responsible for her husband's addiction. Mm -hmm. And so encouraging her to get support isn't in any way assessing blame or responsibility. If in anything, it's simply recognizing and validating the chaos that she is experiencing. And whenever we are going through significant experiences, it is best for us not to do that alone. And I think, aren't we also kind of saying that in the intensity of the betrayal, there will be some skills that you're going to need in order to navigate that that you may not have? And so the journey of recovery is helping you develop those skills.
2: Yeah. Every time I meet a new woman, I make sure in that first hour that I find an opening to bluntly and c- clearly say, this is none of this is your fault. Mm-hmm. And I get two different responses. For, um, some women just, yeah, I know, I never thought it was. Mm-hmm. Some do say that. But some just, just break down in tears. The tears just flow. And it's just, it's a message that I think they need to hear with repetition.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. At, and, least, at least early on. And isn't there kind of a subtle message, I would assume, that maybe a wife would say, yeah, I know it's not my fault. And she may also be thinking, and if I had done this or if I would noticed this, in, right. in some way, maybe it's not my fault and I could have influenced the outcome.
2: True, true. And some of them uh, in subsequent work start to become more aware of the ways that they're trying to adjust or be something different so that their husband won't be something you know, but they might not see it at first. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, it's that language that we use at the women's workshop that I, I have hijacked from y'all and use in talking to the men. I mean, it's for their wives. They didn't cause it. They can't cure it and they can't control it. Right. And it's right. it really is about releasing and surrendering to the reality and the chaos that they are in. And whenever we get to that place of surrender and acknowledgement, it is good for us not to be alone. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's probably a significant part of the wife's journey early on is just to be reminded that she doesn't have to be alone as she goes through this incredibly painful experience.
2: Well, it's really easy to sit in whatever my life is and think I'm the only one who's ever gone through this. And The loneliness and the isolation in that is just really, really, really painful. It increases Mm -hmm. the pain that's already there. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and so we've
0: been talking about the wife as she is getting introduced to this. I know that this is a part of your own journey. Correct. Um, when When you first heard that you might need to get support, was that a voice that was coming from within you that you started awakening, well, I may need some help with this? Or was there an external voice saying, "Susie, you may need to get some
2: support." I would. I say to women, "Do what I say, not what I did." <laughs> okay. Um, I went into really unhealthy isolation, hiding, mm-hmm. secrecy, shame. You know, all those things. And until I got to a place where I was just unable to carry it all. Mm-hmm. And I talked to the same man that Russ had initially talked to, and his wife, who helped us, guided us to um, to the right help. And the other Russ's therapist um, would would just kind of stick in gentle. If Susie ever wants to come and talk to me, let her know I'm here. You know, you know, just kind of those kinds of. Um,
0: Encouragements. Encouragements, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and sometimes we do need that gentle invitation. That's how it worked. Yeah. 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 Well, we talked about the three-legged stool as far as the wife's part. And so it's important that we also acknowledge the significance of the husband's work in his own recovery. And that kind of seemed like the... Obvious thing because he's the one struggling with addiction in our circumstances, right? And one of the things that we see is, um, you know, because of the workshop that we do here, our first introduction to a lot of men are them coming to the workshop. Um, but that's not exclusively the case. There are men who right. find faithful and not true um, before they even know there's a workshop and show up for an appointment with someone. And so our assumption is that when a man is reaching out to faithful and true. There is some openness then for his own journey, and and in his own way, he's either saying, "I'm recognizing that I need some help," and I also think an alternative for some men is someone is telling me right. that I need some help, right. mm-hmm. and so that's what's gotten me here to this place. And so, for m- most of the time, the men that we are working with shows up; they show up with some level of openness, and what we see. in in the men's recovery is what they do with that openness really determines their trajectory going forward. Um, Mm -hmm. For some men, um, we see this at the workshop, maybe someone encouraged them to come. They show up with some hesitation or resistance. And then once they are here, they just kind of really awaken to this possibility and engage recovery. Um, Other men, maybe they showed up initially excited, but then once they got here and begin to see the intense work that it was going to take, or the nature of the work they begin to back off, but one of the things that we do know is the I often refer to it as an investment program. The more that you're willing to willing to invest in this journey, then the more you're going to get out of it right. and so what we do see is some men start hot and then cool off, others start cool, but then warm up to the experience. And I would assume that how the husband is navigating and investing in his journey in some way does influence the wife.
2: Correct. Yeah, for sure it does. And
1: there's another angle that I have uh, run into, and it was just recently, uh, a husband called and he said, yes, we're looking for um, couples marriage counseling, Mm -hmm. kind of under Mm -hmm. this umbrella of, yeah, there's some issues that we need to work on. And it wasn't... uh, from the viewpoint of him going, I know I have a problem. I know I've been putting my wife through a lot. We could use some couples. Mm-hmm. And once they got into us, and I said, well, we, we don't usually jump forward and start at, with couples. We usually invite the husband in to see one of our you know, yeah. husband counselors and the wife to see someone like yourself. And then it kind of works its way to get to you starting to see them as a couple.
2: Well, and that's always going to be my recommendation, Randy. If I first meet a couple, right? Okay, then our next step is for each of you to be seen individually, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Um, to start encouraging and working with this model.
1: I think that I think that response caught him off guard, though. It's like, oh, well, what do you want to see me about? You know, we're having some couples' right. difficulties. Well, you know, yeah.
0: Well, and what can also be true is, let's say there has been an explosion or an exposure, whatever language we would use. And for a season, the husband who is struggling with addiction begins to be doing well. You know, he sees himself as not struggling, it not being an issue. And in that season of, of maybe euphoria of it not being an issue, then it's easy to focus on the couple's work. And so a lot of people do use that as the entry point, but like you've identified, yeah. both of you, is that it's that individual work that eventually even makes the couple work possible.
2: Yeah. So, so the other, can I say yeah. one more? The other entry point that's important to talk about is the the times when a woman just gets to the end of her patience with chaos that mm-hmm. she's experiencing, a husband's not yet owning any of it, and um, she comes and gets help for herself mm-hmm. because she just knows, I can't keep doing the same things I've been doing. Mm-hmm. And so we just have a number of women who join groups, who do counseling here, who come first. right? And maybe they even come to their workshop, and their husband just observes all this for mm-hmm. a time. and a, And I always love it when then the husband gets interested and and starts to see the need for him to come mm-hmm.
0: well, well and i think that's a great point because absolutely we're seeing more and more women who are coming to one of the women's workshops and their husband hasn't even been yes, to the men's man. workshop yeah. yet yeah. or like you said on her own she's experiencing so much chaos so much desperation right that she's decided that she needs to get help and support to navigate this and that's absolutely true here at faithful and true we do support women whose husbands are not invested in the journey at all, right. And maybe at one point they will become open to that. But that is not a pre- prerequisite for getting support here at Faithful and True. If a woman awakens to the chaos of life, is able to identify it for herself, it's coming from her husband's choices, whether she's identified it as an addiction or not, um, we are able to support her as she's mm-hmm. finding some stability and determining what her next step would be. So that is kind of a great segue. We're talking about, so there are wives who are engaging their journey and maybe they're married to someone that initially started enthusiastically and is kind of backing away um, or uh, has not been really interested at all, or maybe she senses just doing it for um, her. How do you support, encourage a spouse whose husband maybe isn't interested or um, isn't fully invested in the journey of recovery.
2: Well, those are, those are some kind of hard starts, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they, they have a lot of the same grieving and um, issues. They've probably tried all the ways they can think of to try to make him see. And, and so it becomes just this gentle process, really, of saying, okay, let's focus on you. And what you have any control over, and it's really a hard place because the stakes are so high, right? If their husband doesn't ever do his work, then what? Mm-hmm. But but women can can I think reach a lot of serenity in that place while they wait, and so it's just talking about the issues that they're um, they're having, you know, our hoops, how to how to strengthen, be in her own hoop, mm-hmm. how to from her hoop um ask a husband for a need instead of being controlling, telling him what he needs to do, which doesn't go as well. Right. And so it's a lot of it is just the way she learns to talk to her husband and ask for things and stay out of other things, right. you know, right. that, that begins to change.
1: Can you actually feel when a couple is, when those legs are starting to strengthen and starting to get the the same length so there's mm-hmm. some stability with that three-legged stool? Can you start to sense that when, sure. when the couple is getting more balanced, if
2: maybe sure. that's the right word? Sure. When, so. One
0: thing that um, I think is difficult is when, Uh, Maybe the the wife is experiencing her husband as being lukewarm, Mm. that he's not cold to recovery. In fact, he may be going to meetings and occasionally sees a therapist, but he's not fully invested. He's not hot. And what we know from the scripture is that when you are lukewarm, you want to be spit out. And so I'm wondering kind of how do you support a wife who would assess her husband in that way, that he is in some way engaged in recovery, Um, He is seeming to do the right things, but what seems to be missing is that intense level of commitment of doing whatever it takes in order to be free.
2: Good question. We talk about external motivation versus internal. And so I think that's a little bit what you're getting Mm at. Uh, A husband who hasn't yet fully arrived at internal motivation. I I want this for myself, regardless of anything else. Mm -hmm. And um, in those times, we are working with a wife to make choices that are congruent, authentic to her, her needs, her reality, not make choices because it will bring about a certain outcome for her husband, which is really... um, tricky mm-hmm. it really is a tricky dance, and what they find out is as they start making more and more and more choices that are healthy for them, congruent, it does often create consequences for a husband we we're, we're not teaching manipulation right. right, but um she's feeling better and better about her decisions, her choices, and he's feeling. Kind of squirming and worse and worse about how the the whole thing's going, and sometimes he'll be like, "Okay, I I need I I need to get help right. now." And that
0: that is an incredibly complex space to be in, where a spouse is identifying legitimate consequences and her own reactions to what is going on, right. without it being intended to be manipulative or controlling, right and I think for some of the men that I work with, they are used, maybe they came from families where people used reactions to control Mm. and, you know, they grew up in a family where maybe people withdrew in order to manipulate or they got big and became forceful in order to control. And so there may be a history of that, that they then begin to impose on their spouse and they may actually interpret it through a historic lens, really being able to see it as it's intended that or the wife, she's simply drawing a boundary that says, under these circumstances, in order to be safe, I need to determine this for myself. Mm -hmm.
2: And a husband who's doing his individual work then is becoming better at distinguishing, oh, this is really more my mom Mm -hmm. than her, and I can separate this survivor man place. But it's that that isn't early, that is't right. early recovery, yeah,
0: absolutely, and you know one of the things you know we talk to the men about is that you you cannot be doing your recovery for your wife or your marriage, right, that you mentioned this idea of this internal motivation that this is what I desire for myself, what 's also true though, for men who are married, their marriage and their spouse is going to be a. Natural sure. factor. Sure. And so one of the things that we can identify though is how much of this we are doing to save our marriage or to please our spouse when we're not getting the reaction from our spouse that we're wanting and it begins to impact my commitment to recovery. You know, I, I work with several men who, rightly so, their belief was if I work my recovery program. And then my wife and I will be able to reconcile, and this will be good for our marriage. They've been in recovery for a while, and their wife really isn't moving back towards the relationship, and they are struggling to find you know, the energy to commit to the recovery because they're not getting the outcome that they desired. And so sometimes what's really motivating us to do recovery can only be exposed when what we thought was going to happen doesn't happen and now we have to recalibrate
2: yeah and in those cases then some couples work is is a good idea a perfect Mm -hmm. idea right to figure out what's what's happening you know why isn't she coming back is she getting any help herself Mm. maybe she is maybe not but um that's, there's, there's the three parts for you, right? right.
0: Mm-hmm. And the idea that, you know, we often tell them men, you can never get someone to trust you. And in fact, the more you try to get somebody to trust you, the more manipulative you look. So what you have to do is simply be trustworthy, and then p- the people around you get to determine whether or not they're going to trust you. And I've said this many times on the podcast, that you know what we believe is that what wives want or what you know, the spouse wants is to experience you as being different. Mm -hmm. So the more you try to tell someone you're different or the more you try to demonstrate that you're different, the more suspicious you become. But if you are truly being transformed, then they will experience you as different. And then they get to decide whether or not they're going to trust what it is that they are experiencing.
2: Yeah. Wives who are working on staying out of their husband's hoops, we tell them, we work on focusing on themselves and what they need and watching what their husband is doing and how he's becoming different or not. It's all information to Mm -hmm. them. And a husband who's offering to his wife uh, what he's doing, also good.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think for um, the husband who's maybe wife is resistant or hesitant or still at a distance, it really does challenge you to look at what is the motivation. Can I go on this journey and can I choose this for myself and for my children, whether or not my spouse is able to come or is able to stay with me? Right. And you know, if I'm choosing to be trustworthy and, and I'm making choices that demonstrate that, I am working recovery, I, others are experiencing me differently. and my spouse still seems to be distant or hesitant, and very much like what you've said, that would be her journey, if she chooses it, to understand what that dynamic is for her and what is causing her to continue to hold back. Mm-hmm. And I think this is probably a great place for us to break yeah. because we are going to come back. And that brings us to that really the third part of the, the three-legged stool, and that's the couple's work and what that can look like.
2: Good.
1: Well, that cost us extra to have you come back
2: for, <laughs> for another podcast. <laughs>
1: We'd really enjoy that. We'd like to thank everyone for joining us today on the Faithful and True Podcast, and especially thank Susie Smith for her time and uh, wisdom on this subject. Uh, we're going to uh, be coming back and doing a part two of this uh, subject today. It's a complex and, and interesting one for most couples. Uh, we we have noticed that recently we have been getting several new subscriptions to our uh, Faithful and True YouTube channel, and we thank you for that. We invite you, if you haven't done that, to do that. Uh, if you go on faithfulandtrue.com, click on the podcast, and after you have watched uh, the podcast, like us and subscribe to our channel. We'd appreciate that. So until we are back with you again, uh, we'd like to hope that this week for you is going to be a week that's filled with many blessings and with great
0: vision.